This is the Timothy Project Podcast. We exist to encourage and equip pastors, missionaries, uh, church leaders, and we are uh, so thankful for the opportunity to do that. Uh, again, with me today is Gino Lucas, executive pastor here at Colonial Heights. Uh, he's been on another episode, even just uh, uh, recently, and so we are thankful for that. Gino, when I first came, mm-hmm. you you were uh, had already been here for uh, some fifteen years almost, and um, you you were the personnel committee had kind of. Pos- repositioned you, so to speak, to have a, uh, to, to care your scope of work to broaden. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, so then when I came, that was kind of affirmed. Yes, we're going to continue in that route. And you stood before the staff and I remember you saying something like, I don't know if I don't quote you exactly, but something like, uh, some of y'all have asked what is an executive pastor and what's the difference or what am, what am I going to be doing? And, and you said, I am going to be, my goal will be to uh, take down the barriers for the work of ministry that is uh, set before us. So particularly serving with the pastor to right. do that, but right. for all staff. Uh, so if a barrier is facilities, then we want to try to work through that. If a barrier is uh, finances, we want to try to work through that. If right. Personnel, we want to try to work through that. So... Um, Help me as the one that was in the room, but help the listeners think through what what does it look like in that sense to kind of be the right hand man right. and help take down those barriers to the advancement of ministry. Right. What does that look like? What did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a way to put that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and uh, now eighteen years of being in a role similar to this, you know, I've heard all the jokes and all the things about executive pastors or administrators, you know, they're the no guy, they're the jerk. They're the one that's going to always stop you from doing ministry. And, uh, and you know, I, I number one, I understand that because sure. there are times that you have to be the one that says no. Um, you have to be the one that raises your hand and says, you know, that's not something we can do right now. And I realize that sometimes that is, that's hard for people to stomach. Uh, one of the things I've really learned, I think over the last four or five years is specifically um, how the executive pastor needs to support the lead pastor. And kind of the way I, I think about it is there are things that, that the lead pastor is that no one else is. You know, and to me, the lead pastor is the lead worshiper. That doesn't mean you're up there with, with you know, singing every song, but you're the one that the congregation is looking to for worship. Mm. Um, you're the lead teacher. You're the one that's being the primary person that's teaching uh, every Sunday. You're the lead visionary that is that is giving the vision to the church. The lead missionary, the one that should be carrying the banner that that we're missionaries at home and around the world. You're, you're doing that. And really, in, in a way, you're kind of the lead servant. You're the one that's showing what it means to serve. As, as Christ said, Christ didn't come to, to be this authoritative leader. He came to serve people, mm. and, and that's kind of what your role is. And what I've seen over the years is times that when a lead pastor is in the involvement of saying no to ministry or saying no to to different things or having to get you know really involved in a personnel matter or human resource matter, um, that some of those roles can be hindered by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can cause church members to not be able to worship on Sunday because the lead pastor was in was in a a meeting that that felt uncomfortable. Uh, a staff member could get to where they can't they can't uh, 
you know, follow the vision because of something that happened in a staff meeting. So, so kind of what my thought is, uh, at least at the lead pastor level, is my job is to be the one that has to go in there and have the, the difficult conversation, uh, have the difficult statement about what's going on on budget. Uh, you know, the, the little things like this person's not, you know, processing their expenditures correctly. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the one that's going to have those right, conversations. Right. I'm the one that needs to deal with that to give you the opportunity to just lead. Um, but then take that down to the ministry level. Uh, as we talked about on the budgeting podcast, you know, I want the ministers to be able to dream. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that they may come to me and say, you know, hey, I have a dream that, you know, uh, in my large group room that we make this renovation to my mm-hmm. large group room. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go through the process of, of figuring out what that's going to cost and figuring out uh, if that's something we can do right now or something we need to do in the future. Um, but, you know, that's something I want to try to help them do. And I want to understand, you know, how will that enhance your ministry? Sure. And when they, when they, when they say it and they believe it and they can show me exactly what the Lord has led them to in it, then I want to do everything I can to break down whatever barriers in the way. If it's a facility issue, I want to do everything I can to get that out of the way. If it means we're renovating something, if it means we're, we're changing the way something is set up or the way something's done, I want to do that. Obviously, on the financial side, sometimes it's hard. You know, sometimes if somebody comes in and it's a great, great vision, but it's twenty or $30,000 that right now we don't have, then it's okay can't do that today, but how can we start taking stair steps into that? Mm-hmm. What can we do this first year just to kind of launch it a little bit, kind of get our you know, our feet wet in there, step into it a little bit, and then next year a little bit more. And So maybe it's a three-year plan to get to where we really want to be, but we're stair-stepping into that. Sure. And I want to sit down with the minister and have those conversations and, and figure out how we can get there. Um, and then, of course, I think it's, it's, it's vital um, that the ministries know that that I hear mm-hmm. that they have what they're what the Lord is telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not just, you know, which oftentimes it is, I'm just the guy that's, you know, staring at the numbers or staring at the the things that are stopping us. You know, I want to hear you, I want to step forward with it. Um, but what can I do to try to break those things down? Yeah. Um and I mean there there's, you know, a list of twenty things I would like to do the facility right now. Sure. Um but I have to look at that and say, you know, is that the smartest thing to do right now? Right, right. Um, because I know there's lots of ministry opportunities we have going on, planting a church, sending missionaries out around the world. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm choosing between 20-year-old carpet or sending a missionary to Africa to tell people about Jesus, then, you know, we're probably going to fund that missionary, mm-hmm. not the, the carpet. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, those are the things that we look at and try to figure out. And that is, those are sometimes hard conversations. Sure. When I have to tell you know Minister A, man, that's a great vision, but we're not. That's not something for this year. Yeah. When they know I just told Minister B yes to something, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, so, yep, yep. so that that can be difficult, but uh, but I still think that uh, that my role is to, to you know, and it's it, you know breaking down barriers one way. So another way is to move the puzzle pieces around mm-hmm. to where they they can function. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, we we talk often about you know just even employees are they in the right spot yep. for what we need them to do? So sometimes it is that even with employees, okay, this person is in this spot right now. Is that the right place for mm-hmm. them? Is there something else they could do? Sure, that would be you know way more important. I mean, look at our our global discipleship pastor right now was the tech director. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did our AVL ministry, right, right, and the Lord worked in his heart and gave him this heart for sure. for, for the unreached. 
So now he's the global discipleship yeah. pastor. Yeah. So, and that's where I think you see things where you start seeing people's hearts and and that that human resource is is really the most valuable resource. Right. Right. And making sure that those individuals are in the right place, and that does mean sometimes moving those puzzle pieces around sure. to get us in the right place as a church. Yeah, I think. Um, so, I mean, lots of good unpacking there. I, I feel like there are there are probably two things that I would want to, for those that are, are listening, there's kind of two groups, I would think, w- largely. There's Of course, there's more than that. But like one might be the, um, the lead pastor who doesn't have an executive pastor. So one of the things I would say to you, um, it's like, that, ooh, that sounds good to have somebody else who gets to say no, so I don't have to, and those kind of things. And one of the things I would encourage you to do is... Um, Look for an, another leader in the church. Right. That can be a chairman of deacons, a chairman of personnel, uh, a chairman of elders if you have those. Right. Um, someone, not not a guy who's going to be the no guy, but someone who can sit in some meetings with you. That even if you're the one saying no, you're the one having that conversation. That there is another face with it right. to carry some of that burden. I think that's actually the point that. The, there is a plurality of leadership mm-hmm. in Scripture, mm-hmm. is that there's this, it's not all your fault, it's not all your victory either. And so um, I would say find some potentially even other men to, to come beside you in that. Right. And and that is, there is a biblical expectation of that, and I would even argue that it's something that you can find within your church. Help raise them up if they're not there right. yet. Right. Um, so so that that's a word maybe to you is look for other people that can help you uh, put those puzzle pieces together. You don't have to do all of that alone. And the second group is um, maybe a youth minister, uh, a worship leader, a children's minister out there who's saying like, wow, I, I didn't know the pastor had to kind of think of it that way. They they don't have an executive pastor, mm-hmm. but you can be for uh, your lead pastor. You might be able to be one of those that is um, supporting that uh that leadership that you described, all the, the you're, you're going to that lead pastor and saying, "Hey, uh, you are our lead visionary. So, so what do you see? You are our lead uh, worshiper. So, what right. what does that look right. like? And and so potentially, even if you're, you know, you're the second or third staff member, uh, and so you're, you're thinking, well, how does this affect me? Think of ways that that you could step in to be a support to your pastor uh, in a in a way that might again, knowing that hey, I can't do what he does, mm-hmm. but there's some pieces that I think I can help him. Uh, I can be a, a servant in that sense, uh, serve alongside him in that way that um, that could make a big difference. Right. And I think a vital aspect of that in that church that it's a lead pastor and and no executive pastor, but you know a couple of age group ministers or several age group ministers. I think one of the keys of a church staff is don't be silos. Mm-hmm. Don't Youth pastor, don't get out there by yourself and not think about what's happening in other ministries. Youth, you know, uh, children's minister, don't get in there and only think about children. Music minister, don't only think about work, sure. about music. You know, seriously, don't be a silo. Work with one another. Have those conversations with one another. You know, share dreams with one another uh, so that you can understand, you know, hey, 
you know, yeah, he, you know, they told me no, but look what we're going to do over here in, in children's ministry. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this awesome situation yeah. in children's ministry. Yeah, I can't do what I thought I wanted to do in youth ministry, but man, look at what's going to happen mm-hmm. in children's ministry that's going to send disciples into my ministry yep. in a few years. That's right. So I just think that's so vital. It's so easy to uh, to get in your office and turn your computer on and stay focused all on your yep. own ministry and your own ideas. I think it's vital in a church staff that you're working with each other and having those conversations with each other so that they see. Yeah. You know, if if I've told not now, it's probably because this other great yeah. thing's happening in another ministry. There's a uh it was my brother who shared this with me years ago. Um uh, I don't know where he got it. He's pretty smart. Maybe he made he it. He is but, very smart. Uh but he said there's a difference between cooperation and collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it is easy to even in silos cooperate together and be for each other's ministries, right. but what I think you're just talking about is actually collaborating. Right. So you're you're not just excited as the youth minister that the children's minister is getting something. You actually suggested it. Right. You thought that was a good idea. You know, like that's the difference. You're you're working together for the whole picture, not just kind of happen to be a, in in the same office space. Right. Uh, right. And so yeah, that, that that collaborative work. I will say it's messier, it um, is, it is. but it is far more fruitful. And right. so um, yeah. Any, and any it often thoughts? takes it often takes more time, and mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes that's what can yep. can frustrate all of us is that to really get to that that place where there's transparency, where there's uh, where you feel like you can be honest mm-hmm. about what's going on, you can feel like, hey, I'm struggling here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think about a youth pastor that comes in and and you know he has a big event and. You know, only 20 people show up. Mm-hmm. And he wanted 100 people there. You know, oftentimes, unfortunately, even in church work, we don't talk to, about, okay, why didn't it, mm-hmm. why wasn't, weren't there 100 yep. there? And there's people in the background saying, well, he failed. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why wasn't right. it what it was? And what can we do? Was it just the wrong time? Was it sure. whatever? And I think we got to get to that point in a, in a staff. Uh, whether it's a pastor and, and one other staff member or a pastor and three other staff members, to where they can really have that openness and that sure. discussion. Uh, but that takes time. It mm-hmm. takes relationship. It takes uh, building that trust with one another that, that you can really say, you know, hey, I'm struggling today with this. Help me with this. Help me with these ideas. Oftentimes we, we don't want to admit that we don't know the right answer. Sure. Um, sure. So I just think that takes time, and sometimes that makes it messy, and so sometimes we don't do it. Yep. Uh, but I think that that would be the one thing that I would recommend to, especially to lead pastors, even if they have an executive pastor, because mm-hmm. um, I do think that is that best comes from the lead pastor. You know, I, as the executive pastor, I can encourage it and make sure mm-hmm. that it continues, but the lead pastor kind of has to create that environment. Sure. Um, yeah, I know in a lot of churches where the lead pastor is kind of this untouchable figurehead. I'm very blessed that that's not what it is at Colonial <laughs> Heights. Um, but I think that the lead pastor has got to be the one that's out there creating that environment that it's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's okay to that event wasn't what you thought it was going to be. It's okay. Yeah. Um, it's okay to fail, you know. And uh, and then what what can we do to help you in the future? What can we do to, to make that better? And as the lead pastor creates that environment, um, then I just think it really helps the whole staff to feel safe and feel secure to where they can really be transparent with one sure. another. Good, good. Uh, any other thoughts for today? No, that's okay. about it. Okay. 
Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode that has been fruitful for you. And uh, if you did, then like it, uh, leave us a review, uh, share it on social media. And uh, yeah, check out the timothyproject.org for other information about uh, ministries that we lead. And I hope you have a great day.